Maybe that's a feeling of agitation caused by the presence or imminence of danger. Why do you think people believe in ghosts? If I may, um, I'll tell you the problem with the scientific power that you're that you're using here. Uh, it didn't require any discipline to attain it. You know, you read what others had done, and you and you took the next step. You didn't earn the knowledge for yourselves, so you don't take any responsibility for it. You stood on the shoulders of geniuses uh, to accomplish something as fast as you could, and before you even knew what you had, you you patented it and packaged it and slapped it on a plastic lunchbox, and now you're selling it. You want to sell it. Well, our world is changing. The mass extinction we feared has already begun, and we are the cause. Like all living organisms, the Earth unleashed a fever to fight this infection. Its original and rightful rulers, the Titans. For thousands of years, these creatures have remained in hiding around the world. And unless all the Titans are found, our planet will perish, and so will we. They are the only guarantee that life will carry on. Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should.
No, hold on. This isn't this is some species that was obliterated by deforestation or, or the building of a dam. Dinosaurs uh, uh, had their shot and nature selected them for extinction. Oh, what's so great about discovery? It's a violent, penetrative act that scars what it explores, what you call discovery. I call the rape of the natural world. It's still the flea circus. It's all an illusion. When we have control again. You've never had control. That's the illusion. I was overwhelmed by the power of this place. But I made a mistake, too. I didn't have enough respect for that power, and it's out now. Did you miss me? I guess not! Two. One. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another exciting Keiju Combat uh, e e episode uh, on Inside Movies Galore. Uh, and uh, tonight we have an exciting uh, film to share with uh, you that has happened within the last couple of years. Yeah, we usually so don't do movies this current. <laughs> so, uh, why don't you, Dustin, tell us what kind of... Uh, um, well, so, we're here tonight to talk about the 2019 Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which is a film by Michael Doherty, who did Trick or Treat and Krampus, so, well-known horror director, and it's pretty much everything you could ever want in a Godzilla movie, <laughs> and what you feel defines Godzilla movies that doesn't involve aliens or robots. And let's put it out there that it is a direct sequel to the 2014. It uh, is, yes. Yes. So. <laughs> that's covered on this channel. <laughs> At least for now. Five years later. <laughs> yeah, Godzilla 2014 is good, but uh, this is so much better on every level that. Especially I don't care. the lighting. Oh, God. <laughs> Especially yeah. the lighting. Well, I mean, the 2014 one was directed by Gareth Edwards, so what can you do? <laughs> but uh, in any yeah. ca case, so go ahead, let us uh, give us a lowdown of what, uh, what this uh, uh, film is about and your first impressions. Well, the most basic description of the plot is Godzilla has to fight King Ghidra for dominance of Earth. Mm -hmm. Other stuff happens too, but that's, that's what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, what about your... Uh... And my first impression was, so I was really excited to see this, and I got to see it, in, I went to see it in theaters, I think a couple weeks after it came out, uh, like the first opportunity we had to go see it. And I was pretty pleased with it. Like, you could tell that Michael Doherty was a huge Godzilla fan because this had a lot of stuff that appeals to Godzilla fans in it. There were also a lot of references. Um, and plus, there was some stuff with his from his horror background. Like, did anybody notice that the monarch base that Ghidra is being held at? Uh, I think it's pronounced Ghidorah, but I've always pronounced it Ghidra ever since I was like 
six, so I can't help myself. I think it's a tomato-tomato kind of thing, because I've heard it pronounced both ways. Same here. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. at any... Uh... Ooh, what's going on? I know Zia Zhang said Ghidorah, and I'll trust her. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> Ghidorah, but I, I'm this, I've always called him King Ghidorah. And, and there's like, MF Doom did a rap album. I think he pronounced it that way, too, when he was going by King Ghidorah. Okay. So, we're not, it's, we're not, it's not uncommon for us here in the States to say it Ghidorah. Well, I feel a little bit better now. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, uh, MF Doom's pretty rad, dude. So if you released the whole album mispronouncing <laughs> it, I'm good with it. Well, a lot of the uh, a lot of the English dubs that I remembered watching as a kid, uh, I heard them say Ghidorah, but then I guess maybe later on they said Ghidorah. But it, it's yeah, it's it's a either or thing. <laughs> In some of the video games, they say King Ghidorah, like like that. Oh yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, the Easter egg I was referring to was, did anybody notice that the base where Ghidorah uh, is being held is Outpost 32? I saw them talk about that in the commentary, that uh, he said since the uh, base for the thing had burned down, it it had to be the next number in the sequence. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we we got a secret thing reference in there, which I enjoyed. (laughs) <laughs> I've seen the thing, but I wouldn't have remembered that. <laughs> well, apparently, Italy, we have a very uh, interesting cast here. Um, apparently. Um, <laughs> because we have uh, the lady who played in Bates Motel as uh, Vera... Vera uh, Farminga. Yeah, um, and uh, she played a phenomenal role in that uh, series, uh, uh, and played the uh, the slightly mad uh, uh, mother in the, in there. So, uh, mm-hmm. so um, to me, it's not a far stretch to have her in this film as the uh, almost protagonist of the film. So uh, yeah, sorry, it's I'm easy psyched. it's easy to forget the human cast in Godzilla movies. Not um, this one. Not no. this one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the the one I remember the most in this one is Millie Bobby Brown, probably just because yeah. you know it's like, oh, Eleven is in this. Yeah, yeah, and she did really good. Well, I mean, you, you but you've got carryovers from the last Godzilla. You've got the great David Strathairn, the great Sally Hawkins, the living legend Ken Watanabe, and then added to this one, you've got um, Kyle Chandler. Charles Dance, who's flipping phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, the glorious goddess of beauty and martial arts, Yijang. Uh, twice, she plays two roles. Double your pleasure, double your fun. Did anybody catch that that was a reference to the Mothra twins? Yeah. Well, I mean, that, they made that a pretty, little bit. Well, they made that pretty clear. And, I mean, that was... One of my favorite things about the movie, actually, was that they paid really good homage to the mythological origins of mm-hmm. Mothra while still mm-hmm. rooting it in its overall scientific um, context, which was nice because Mothra was always, out of all the Godzilla monsters in that canon, Mothra was always a guardian of Earth. Isn't that correct? 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, she, 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 was always a, she was always a good guy, which is interesting because Godzilla's kind of flip-flop back and forth. Uh, to use a wrestling term, he's uh, done a face change. Uh, he's been a baby face or a heel, but she was always a good guy. He's probably just every face of Undertaker uh, that you could probably imagine. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he's gonna send you right to the Undertaker because he's Godzilla. So, <laughs> but uh, we have Millie Bobby Brown who, uh, who played yeah. Madison Russell, who uh, played the little girl in uh, Stranger Things. Yeah. So, so yeah, and and we first impression. No, we didn't even get into yeah, it. No, no, we've already we're already lost. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So, I, I guess well, I'll start with mine. Um, yeah, uh, I did not get to see this in uh, theaters. Uh, I ended up getting it, it uh, maybe two weeks after it came out uh, on Blu-ray, DVD, whatever. And uh, I was fairly impressed with the, uh, with with, uh, with this uh, film and where it went and how much it so, uh, somehow followed. The original uh, Godzilla um, uh, Gojira uh, thing. I mean, you you've got uh, Ishiro. Uh, what is his name again? <laughs> I know I have trouble saying it. Uh, Ishiro Surizawa, which in the original one, since we just <laughs> recently wa- uh, 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 watched those mo- uh, movies or what whatnot, he was a scientist originally. That mm-hmm. didn't want to uh, 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 didn't want his his uh, his thing that he had to, uh, oxygen developed. destroyer oxygen destroyer which <laughs> it's called that here um, yeah. that they use later on but uh, but watch the, out <laughs> but oh, there are sorry. two different devices in here um, in this particular film the, the first is the orca and then the second is the oxygen destroyer. Uh, uh, which is used by the helicopter pe- uh, people later on. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, but. the military uses the oxygen destroyer to try to kill Godzilla. Uh, I think what you're trying to say, Dave, here, Dave, is um, there's kind of a cool there's a cool symmetry to this in that in the original Godzilla, Doctor Sarazawa sacrifices himself to destroy Godzilla with the oxygen destroyer. And in this Godzilla, Dr. Sarazawa sacrifices himself, spoilers, um, to save Godzilla from the right. Destroyer. Well, yeah, that was a, uh, that was really cool and sad and all that all at once. But we were talking about Easter eggs. That, of course, is some of the more obvious Easter eggs here. But I did like that Watanabe's character was Sarazawa. I was like, that's... That's a nice nod there. I was I thought that was good. We Especially also when have, they turned it on its head. <laughs> we also have Bradley Whitford who played on the West oh, yeah. Wing. Uh, who played the white-haired uh, Dr. Rick Stanton. He kind of plays a, a bit of a nerd here. Uh, where I actually kind of like his character. You know, he's pressed. He's kind of original with some of his dialogue and, mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, yeah. you could, you could tell a lot of his dialogue was kind of for the kids, though, it was like it was like kid level exposition. It's like that lizard is juiced. <laughs> yeah, a, a little bit, but also if you ever watched um, the West Wing, which uh, great show, and his character in there actually was. 
probably my favorite. Um, but he tended to have really snappy dialogue, and he tended right. to. Um, he was sort of a he, he was a prick, but he kind of knew he was, and he also knew that he he also knew that he was really damn good at what he did. Uh, he was the he was the deputy chief of staff, if I recall. But the um, yeah, but his dialogue in that show was yeah, perhaps not quite as uh, I guess you could call it juvenile. But like, mm-hmm. uh, if you were to transplant uh, his character from the West Wing in there, he might be more inclined to say that kind of thing than not, uh, which he kind of was that way in uh, the Meg as well, uh, and, just the year before. And also, I want to mention, like, you know, this is a nice sort of six degrees of separation kind of uh, connection here with Cloverfield, because we talked a little bit about Drew Goddard writing the screenplay, and of course Whitford starred in The Cabin in the Woods as one mm-hmm. of the uh, technicians running the whole show, which <laughs> was kind of a fun little role, too. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he looks familiar. But I yeah. had I had no idea he was he was in those other he was in the Meg yeah. and Cabin in the Woods. I've oh, never yeah. seen West Wing, and actually there's a really it. there's actually a really strong argument you can make that the West Wing like destroyed American politics and put us in the situation <laughs> we're in. <laughs> but that would take three hours, and it would break well, soul. You, need to, yeah. you need to see the show first before you can say that. But the. Uh, you know, the, I, I loved that show when it was, uh, I watched it, well, my family and I, we caught up to it, and then we were watching it live, like, as it was kind of winding down, but um, mm-hmm. that was a fantastic show, amazing writing, um, really good, mm-hmm. yeah, please do, because it, it really, followed current events so much, I mean, it, it, it did, but it also, it stood up, I think, because um, it was, it was very much within its own universe, but it, uh, right. it, I think it, it's, it's one of those shows that, like, if you really like the study of politics in general, then it's going to whet your appetite in a big way. Bradley Woodford, he really was a shining yeah. star for that show, and I'm just glad that he's carried over into, even if it is something like, no, wait, he, no, he wasn't in the bag, sorry. I was thinking of Rain Wilson, sorry. But, uh, Dane, why don't you tell us your first expe- experience right. with this movie? Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. West Wing, Dustin responds violently to... The sh- show would have been a lot better with Godzilla in it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this, if President Bartlett were in office when Godzilla went down, then it might have turned out a lot differently, let me tell you what. Um, He'd have thrown a party, and that would have been it. Maybe, but... Uh, at a party and patted himself on the back. Maybe. Well, again, see the show before you say anything. But, um, the, uh... I think that this film I saw in the theater, it was one of the few... Uh, it was one of the last films I remembered seeing physically in a theater back when we were allowed to do that. Um, mm-hmm. and it was definitely worthy of the theatrical experience just because, obviously, it's a huge scale kind of thing. Um, and, uh, the, I saw the, fir- the first of the new American Godzilla's in the first as well. This did, uh, hmm. Oh, you okay there? Uh, Uh-oh. well, uh, let's, uh, go to someone else while we're waiting. Uh, Forrest, why don't you tell us, uh, what your, uh, first, op- uh, opinion uh, of the movie was? Okay, so, um... First time I saw, I saw, so last time I, so, 
Um, last time I saw, so, so I saw opening weekend uh, when it came out. Um, at the time, I wasn't at, I, when I first saw. It, I wasn't in, I wasn't that into it. Um, but uh, although although on the second time, oh, the second time I actually liked second time because I, I just rewatched it yesterday, and I liked, I liked it more more the second time around. Um, I definitely think the fight, the fight, the uh, the all the all the monster fights are great. Uh, the humans part of the story, I could give. I, that's the part I couldn't give. I could give two shits about. Although um, that's I not did, bad, bad. Although I did take kind of take. Although I'll admit, I kind of took a sick pleasure in watching Fenway Park getting destroyed. <laughs> I'm a Yankee. I'm a Yankee. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Yankee fan. I hate the Red Sox, so I got I got I got I got a kick out of that scene. <laughs> Sorry about the mic trouble that I guess that my mic got disconnected or something. Mm. I have it I have it uh, plugged into like a four way uh, USB splitter and I don't know, something must have happened there, but um oh, go ahead and go back to your Yeah. So I, I saw this film in the theater, I saw the first of the American Godzilla the, this new continuity, the Monsterverse saw that in the theater. And um, this one did correct a lot of the things that I disliked about the first one, even though I liked that film overall. Uh, this did correct a lot of that stuff where you got to see some more familiar monsters back. You saw more of the Godzilla mythology coming back in. Um, good homages to things. Um, I liked the human characters here more than... The first one, um, I think the cast was a little bit better rounded, and um, I think. Oh, there, you there go. we go again. again. Mo, why don't you uh, uh, go ahead and share your thoughts on uh, the film? Were we not finished with Forest yet, or yeah? Well, let's go back. To yeah, the first, uh, because we got to see the destruction of Fenway Park. Uh, that was about it. <laughs> yeah, are you there? Is your audio working? Uh, it is. It is now. I, again, it got disconnected there. But well, basically, just to wrap it up. Um, yeah, I can't this, hear this. I can't this, hear Forrest. I see his mouth moving. Oh, I'm not saying anything. Oh, oh sorry. Okay. Well, <laughs> just wrap it up quickly. The this corrected a lot of the things that I didn't like about the first of the American ones. It uh, gave me more of what I wanted from a Godzilla film, and uh, yeah. Okay. Going over to Mo, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your uh, uh, first ex uh, experience with uh, Godzilla, King of Monsters? I definitely slept on this movie. Probably, I mean, I didn't hate the 2014 one. I actually quite enjoy it, but it didn't have me jazzed to, like, see the next one. I heard it was better, but that's, you know, didn't seem hard to achieve. So I'd have, I wasn't rushing out to see it or anything. I just watched it the first time the other day and watched it uh, one and a half times since. So almost three watches of it. That's you know <laughs> more, that's rare that I do that with a movie. Um, for my money, this is the first time in the States we've ever made a Godzilla movie that is truly 100% worthy of like the Japanese legacy of the show. Uh, it felt like a proper Godzilla movie, not like they were holding our hand and introducing us to him as if we'd never heard of the shit before, which is ridiculous. I don't know why they felt the need to do that again. Um, <laughs> this should have been 2014 Godzilla. You know? Yeah. Well, and, and, yeah. Yet, and yet this film did not do all that well critically or commercially. So, what the fuck? It had, it had, it had good word of mouth, though. 
Yeah, it did, sure. and, and I, I read a lot of articles that were saying, you know, don't believe the whole, like, oh, it's bombing and all that, which, I mean, I don't think it, it bombed per se, but it didn't, it wasn't like, you know, it, basically we're in this false... like what they wanted. Well, we're in this, we're in this false dichotomy now where it's either a billion dollars or nothing, you know, oh, it's, it just, yeah, there, there's no such thing as word of mouth anymore in the studio's minds, and it's like, well, no... You know the the fans like us. You know, well, there should be like because that's like you know, there should be. There should be, and I, I think that I was. Well, I think there still is. I think there still is, but it's just more so that the uh, studios they only want to get to that sacred billion dollar mark. But right. I mean, yeah. Godzilla, in its truest form, is going to be a niche thing anyway. Hmm. The, um, um, go ahead, Jake, with your probably uh, doing a good job of being. Oh, well, well um, as far as my first impression, I guess you you kind of have to look at these in the context of like the universe they're trying to create. And honestly, the first one by a long margin that I saw in this one was Kong Skull Island, which I did quite enjoy. I finally got around to 2014 Godzilla about three nights ago, and then King of the Monsters the next night. <laughs> and I kind of got another rewatch, because I tried watching the commentary track today, but I didn't have enough time, because it's kind of a long movie. So I watched about two-thirds of the commentary track, um, which also helped me catch one of the critical points I nodded often in the first viewing. Uh... <laughs> which um, the sudden death of a major character. But um, we were talking about that a little bit in our previous discussion of how some franchises will make the characters' deaths count. And I do feel like this one really does to a degree. A lot of shows don't. But even then, the, that character in particular, it was very sudden and shocking. And the filmmakers almost did it it's kind of like that moment in uh, Puella where uh, mommy gets it, and you find out, yeah. "Whoa, this yeah, show me business." <laughs> it's almost the same thing too. This creature comes down and eats Sally Hawkins' character just out of nowhere. It's like, um, yeah, I, I. It's like I kind of nodded off at that part because I was tired, and then I was like. Where'd Sally Hawkins go? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and then, so yeah, that was interesting going back and revisiting that. But um, my first impression is that the 2014 one was good, but they really needed better lighting. Yeah. This one was great in a lot of ways. It did fix the lighting. It was slightly better in terms of pacing, plotting, general most things. Uh, Ken Watanabe got to do a little bit more and went from being just his usual awesome self to actually being an awesome character. Uh, you can never go wrong with Zi Zhang. The absence of Brian Cranston is keenly felt, but other than that, it is, I think, an improvement. And if these three are the start of, if they keep going and Godzilla versus Kong is. Another step in this direction. Oh, I'm excited to see that movie. It could be good. It could be a great <laughs> franchise to get into. I, you it know? could be a, a good build up to. I like, may uh, finally go see one of them in theaters. You know, if, I know uh, King Kong has an axe. Open. 
Yeah. An axe? Yeah, King Kong has like a stone axe. Oh, okay. Uh, that's hmm. odd, but... Well, then again, um, well, actually, my favorite of the, the MonsterVerse films thus far, my favorite was, um, I think, Kong Skull Island, because uh, it was, I was just pleased that it wasn't any of the other Kong interpretations that I'd seen before. Um, it was that, its own creature, yeah. It really was, and if anything, it owed itself a lot more to Apocalypse Now than it did to any King Kong interpretation. I was like, well, that's that's really cool. Plus, the characters were really memorable, they were really likable, They, the, the actors that they got were really high-caliber actors, and they got mm -hmm. to play... They got to play characters that you don't normally see them get to play, and um, and also that Kong was explicitly bipedal and was much more of a. Obviously, he he was um, huge already. You know, he didn't have to be blown up to Godzilla size, and so he's much more of a of a classical kaiju than he ever was in the original film or and in Peter Jackson's again, version. Yeah, he's going to be he's going to be fully grown in Godzilla versus Kong too. So he's going to be the same size as Godzilla, which is yeah. the biggest Kong we've ever had. By yeah. he's just he's he's yeah, grown into it already with like a natural weakness in that he's got nipples, man. You know, yeah. Godzilla gets those fucking claws on him with big gorilla nips. Yeah, pur oh, purple, yeah. purple. Uh, but I mean, that's which that's pretty unique because Kong in the original film and in Peter Jackson's version was very much a gorilla who was giant, you know, so, like, he, like, he was a little bit more, um, humanoid in terms of his emotions and his ability to emote in Peter Jackson's film, but, um, by and large, he was a gorilla who was giant, but he wasn't Godzilla-sized, and he wasn't fully bipedal or anything like that, um, yeah, more so in the original, but still, that'll be quite something. But it, he helps to fit in alongside the other kaiju that exist in this world that carry over from Godzilla's pantheon. And I just like that they, they call them the Titans, and they mm -hmm. seem to give more of a mythos for the fact that they existed long before us and that they're coming back to claim their place on the earth and it's about us having to learn that we're not the dominant species anymore and that kind of thing the only thing we um, have monarch acting like ingen going in playing god, uh, god trying to wake up these uh, freaky ass monsters let me go ahead to uh, my first experience with this and uh, okay. we can wrap that up. did we ever finish getting forests first impression yeah we did say, yeah okay, okay. so I have noticed that I've only noticed this movie in the background. I'll admit, so this is my first time viewing it. I didn't even realize it was the sequel to um, to the twenty fourteen version uh, of Godzilla. Tell you the truth, uh, I was actually surprised at it when I finally watched it, and I was kind of disappointed uh, when I figured that out. Uh, but that was okay. I. I don't know. I just looked at that and I was like, oh, that's another one of those uh, attempts to revive the Godzilla franchise. I didn't think much of it. So having it brought up like this actually did get me finally interested in checking out this film. 
So that was a that was a good thing, and also got me. I was actually surprised at how cheap the original uh, what, that the 2014 one was. So I was like, oh, I gotta get in on this. <laughs> so I did, and uh, that ended up getting me into the actual uh, into the actual thing. And I'm actually glad I saw the 2014. That was the most disappointing thing I had about it. Was I felt like there was a part of the story I was missing by hitting that one and not knowing that it was a sequel. And uh, there was a part of me, and I'm glad I also have Kong Skull Island because I'm going to check into that. Because these are pretty good movies. I like this mm -hmm. incarnation of Godzilla. Mm -hmm. And um, getting it uh, brought up was uh, a reason to finally get me interested enough to check them out. So thanks, Dustin, mm -hmm. for uh, putting them out there. Well, hey, happy, uh, happy you enjoyed it. So, because this was one of my, this was probably my favorite movie of last year, hmm. uh, even more so than Crawl, which is hmm. surprising. Um, and I'm just happy that you know people See? are starting to give it, well, the attention it deserves. <laughs> what was that? I mean, well, you, you you expressed surprise that we did 2019, but we've done three 2019 that you submitted. Uh, Crawl and yeah. Shazam being uh, two of the others. A lot of 2019 this year. Plus the Velocipaster. You know, that was oh, the yeah. Velocipaster. <laughs> I had to miss Velocipaster, so it doesn't uh, count. Uh, Velocipaster so is the best, that's the best film ever made right there. That's like a new religion, dude. <laughs> It'll change it's, your life. It's like better it's better than Carnosaur. They should have thrown his ass in this movie, dude. Velocipaster is always welcome. Oh, man. If, well, hey, if the Velocipaster was in this movie, then I'm sorry, but Godzilla and Rodan and Mothra, they well, wouldn't stand a chance against his kung fu. No. <laughs> well, um, from, from what we can tell from, uh, like, different toys that have been kind of really images of toys that have been released... We might be getting Mecha Godzilla in versus Kong, so Jeez. we could we could be going crazy with it, which would be pretty cool. I mean, that typically what you find with the formula for these uh, versus movies of these big, you know, franchisable characters. Generally, the formula goes like so: you know, the characters are introduced or reintroduced or whatever they something goes down to where they don't like each other and then they have to fight and then inevitably there's some third party that comes along and it's like hey we need to team up oh, to take God. this thing down you know and that mm -hmm. that happens every time but um mm -hmm. that'd be pretty sweet to see uh mechagodzilla in all his glory oh yeah <laughs> Yep. i think actually one of the things that was cool about this version of godzilla we talked a little bit of it and our King of the Monsters uh, talk is the difference uh, between how they relate this Godzilla versus uh, the past Godzillas. They look at them more of a natural phenomenon. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. A kind of a, return, a reset button for the planet. Before 2014, it was just like, these are titans that used to be like there, and they're kind of outdated because the Earth's no longer irradiated. And then, of course, in the next movie, they kind of gain that sort of, these are, these are the reset button for the planet. These mm -hmm. are to help save the planet, with Ghidorah being the, uh, being, well, a thought to be amongst these titans, but then realizing, no way, he's an outsider. 
Your invasive species. species. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna destroy everything. And I gotta say something about Ghidorah's like intro, because his intro is phenomenal. I mean, it uh, is yeah. it is such a pleasure to see as uh, see, uh, see all these heads rise up. You uh, see them snarling. I mean, and all of a sudden, they, when 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 they bring their heads up and uh, they do that first initial buck. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and then all of a sudden, all that lightning just kind of... Oh, it's uh, perfect, dude. Oh, I got, like, how it ills when that shit happened. Like, it was like, non-flashback! Like, I went through, like, three generations of Godzilla <laughs> like, movies. <laughs> this, yeah. this Ghidorah is a hell of a lot better than uh, than the uh, puppeteered version that, uh, that we see in the Japanese uh, <laughs> well, in the past. Yeah, this Ghidorah is actually, like, menacing. Like, this Ghidorah was scary. Which, uh, uh, I did not think was possible. One thing that I thought they did... One thing that they did that I think was probably an intentional nod, I think was probably an intentional nod, in a sense, to um, the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park was the fact that each head had a slightly different personality, and one of them was more curious, and one of them was more aggressive. And, like, where the aggressive one in particular is, like, snarling and snapping at the other ones. Yeah, I love that. Like, at at their own heads. And that kind of reminded me a little bit of the interplay between the Velociraptors, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting to see that. And I know... I do know that there were some definite Spielberg references. They straight say in the commentary that Orca is a direct reference to Jaws. And I'm like, that was very cool that they did that. And, uh, (laughs) you know, and uh, of course the character in the original film being, uh, or the previous film, Aaron Taylor Johnson's character being Brody was also a Jaws reference. And it's like, I like that they put in some nice little Jaws references. That kind of works nicely. Because that's like one of the quintessential American monster films. So that's... uh... (laughs) Yeah, it is a cool sort of... That they're nodding to it while doing, like, you know, the the main man of Japanese monsters. Right. Um, Ghidorah gets bad rap, all right? I get it, okay? (laughs) In all previous generations, he pretty much just goes out there, looks awkward, wiggles the heads around. You know it's just a poor Japanese man in there holding a crossbar trying to keep that big bastard up while dude's butt, you know, <laughs> <laughs> him with wires I liked and him shit. In, uh, in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, he actually uh, was the uh, was one of the stars in that one. Oh, <laughs> my lord, yes, I forgot about that. <laughs> Ghidorah, out of any Godzilla monster, is probably the most awkward on screen when you really start thinking about it and looking at it, but the concept of him always sold him, so I think that's worth noting with Ghidorah, and this definitely is the first time where I fully bought it as like a living creature, not mm-hmm. just a really awkward puppet. Well, and that's what's so interesting about the Godzilla pantheon in terms of characters is that if you want to think of it this way, um, you remember, um, again, another versus movie, Batman v Superman, you have Batman, (laughs) Superman, you have a third party coming in, Wonder Woman, and then she's like, guys, we need to focus on the actually threatening thing, which is, you know, Lex Mm -hmm. Luthor and eventually Doomsday, and it's like, you know, you, you have a similar dynamic where you always had those main three, uh, Godzilla, Rodan, and Mothra, and then King is King Ghidorah, you know, so he's even got a title, 
Um, you know, and he was always the big bad guy. Yeah, and, king of the cosmos. Know, exactly. So, I mean, it's just mm-hmm. interesting when you look at it through that paradigm and how those dynamics are still there. Um, mm-hmm. And especially, like, in the original Japanese series when, you know, the monsters get more personalities and they get more of an idea of how they relate to each other and you know mm-hmm. are they getting along are they not getting along mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing and, well, like one, um, of the, one of the fun moments in this one is when Ghidorah just straight makes her down his bitch yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know but isn't that interesting that you know even those kinds of uh dynamics can take place even with those giant monsters mm-hmm. and you know, you, and you and you even have it. Pres- <laughs> when do you have it preserved here? Even in this new take on these characters, um, like trying to f- put them through this uh, partially naturalistic but par- partially mythological lens, um, which uh, yeah, I, I think it's just neat to see that get translated over because it was always those three. It was always Godzilla and Rodan and Mothra. Well, as far I as think, like, uh, actually, my favorite, my favorite Godzilla movie when I was little was Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster, which this is one. basically a remake of, uh, which I think might have been why I enjoy it so much, because oh, yeah. it's in that movie you have Godzilla, Rodan, and Mothra teaming up to distru- defeat King Ghidra. Yeah. Whereas it was unprecedented. This, They'd never done that type of shit in the series up to that point. I don't like. There was never one where Mothra and no, maybe worked together. Yeah, I don't think so because Ghidorah is even before Ebra <laughs> or of the Deep and all that stuff where you see them work together again. And yeah, it's definitely the first one. And it's just it's neat. Ne- it's neat to see that you know these characters can have a single villain that they uh, go up against. Well, it's especially effective in this one because um, if you if you look at it like initially, it looks like the villain is the eco terrorist led by Charles Dance, and the dude looks like a villain. I mean, you know, he he just straight up sells it. You know, no no Stan question. Lannisters. But, well, and Charles <laughs> Dance has a lot under his hero. Yeah, uh, Charles Dance has a lot under his belt. I mean, oh, he was yeah. on. A- he was on um, Game of Thrones. I mean, yeah. uh, but he was in particular uh, in one of my favorite versions of uh, the Phantom of the Opera. So, right. uh, where right. he play, uh, played the actual Phantom. So, well, and, and Gosford Park, and he's been in just so many things over the years. And sometimes he has played just incredibly uh, dark, sinister characters. And sometimes he plays pretty good ones. But uh, he always has a commanding presence, and he absolutely sells the role of a a kind of character that would make Poison Ivy proud, like a echo terrorist who is fully committed to his role and doesn't really care whose toes he steps on. And then when you got that wonderful reveal, spoilers everyone, uh, where you find out that Vera Farmiga is in league with oh, him. Oh, God. And then... <laughs> And then the, but the whole thing is like, to be honest, dance goes a little too far. But for Miga, I actually found myself strongly empathizing with their position. And I, so to me, the true villain is Ghidorah. There's no question about it. But it's kind of fun how you have those different layers. 
and these people that you want to, uh, oh wait, are they the villain? You yeah. know, they're doing villainous, horrible things. But yeah. it's like that. It's like that uh, episode uh, or comic uh, uh, in Invincible, where the character vaporized Las Vegas as a echo, echo terrorism, and I could not fault him for it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just, yeah, it's a similar yeah. sort of feeling. You bring up a good point because uh, you kind of wonder who the villain is because their cause is is something that Save the it's it's a bigger picture. <laughs> it's it's yeah. uh, you realize that humanity has destroyed the earth mm-hmm. with all of their their taking and reaping uh, reaping what they want of the natural resources so mm-hmm. uh, so waking these monsters and making them destroy the earth while they are battling each other is kind of like their their whole uh, 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 uh whole credo you know well, that, and i mean it you know only one year later what's happening right now is uh you know we've spent so many decades and centuries just ravaging the earth and then all of a sudden nature strikes back with the virus you know so right. um, yeah. if it's, I mean, and if it's and if it's not a virus then it's natural disasters it's uh, uh you know any number of things i mean even uh, yeah. you saw that story not too long ago about the um really ancient strains of uh, viruses that have been frozen in the um ice caps that were getting thawed out and it's like well who knows uh, uh who knows if we're ready for those, you know, and if we could fight against those. Hopefully there's a kaiju up in there. Let's yeah, well, more, more like on a, well, mi- literally microscopic scale, uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, equally destructive in a different way, but, uh, you oh, know, okay. it's... Uh, Inami, up in that Inamizawa syndrome in the yeah. ice <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, but basically the more that you fuck with nature, the more that nature's going to strike back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at the natural. I mean, I'll give you a good example of something there. I mean, in Virginia, uh, I've had uh, I've had an issue right now. I'm sitting there, like, looking at the fact that my collection is uh, kind of screwed. Well, the collection's okay, is necessarily. I'm kind of screwed financially because of a flood happening where we have actually had water come in uh, at levels that haven't been the same in a month since... 1945 right it's just uh you've got that level of just unprecedented weather i mean people and it wasn't just me i mean we've got lots of people who are in areas where you're not even allowed to buy flood insurance that are getting floods and of course no insurance is covering because oh well you didn't need the flood insurance oh you had a flood oh well Well, in north carolina we had a uh, pretty nasty earthquake uh, that i I felt in my in my room in my apartment complex, and it's like, you know, North Carolina is much more known for you know hurricanes and mm-hmm. you know, uh, and not even all that bad, but just you know, kind of the remnants of them from other other states, but at least where I am. But um, mm-hmm. you know that and like extreme heat and bugs and pollen mm-hmm. and stuff. But like the earthquakes, not so much. Uh, so it's like, yeah, they, these things they're just <sighs> They're coming at you when you least expect it, and nature's always got mm-hmm. some way to even mm-hmm. the odds uh, if we decide to mess with it too much. Yeah, Brandon, what, what, what was it? Uh, 
was it three or four years ago, four years ago that we had an earthquake, a measurable earthquake in the RVA? Oh, like, yeah, we had one there. Yeah. It was just uh, it was, it, was it was not a major thing. I didn't even notice it. But I happened to be outside next to Huguenot Road where the traffic disguised both vibrations and noise. But people who were in the building right behind me felt it and saw things shake around. And it was not a big one. It was not, a, I think Dane, you oh, said yeah. 5-0. It was not that. It, it, was, it, was, it was a little bit over 5. I can't remember the exact. Um, I can look it up really fast. Cause... It was more like, I think, like a 1 to a 2. It wasn't a big one. But still, Central Virginia is not known for earthquakes. So it was no. like a measurable one. It was kind of strange. A well, <laughs> oh, 5.1. Uh, that's what it was. But uh, yeah, when, it, when it happened, uh, my room... It was very loud. The room, I could feel it shaking, and I heard the noise. I kind of thought that may, and it was it was very brief. Uh, it didn't last very long, but it, maybe a few seconds. But at first, I was like, uh, "Is maintenance like cleaning out, you know, the someone's like dryer ducts or something?" But lonely, uh, it was five point eight. Yeah. Uh, well, but it's. Uh, well, it said 5.1 on, on the one that I... Uh, the one we had. The one we oh, the had, one you had, yeah. Yeah, it was centered in Louisa, and it was a 5.8. So mm. here in Richmond, it was probably more like a 3 or a 4. I see. It was, yeah. Well, it hit, like, right where I am, uh, which is the, the one that I'm thinking of. Um, that happened a few days ago, right, August 9th. Um, mm. But the... Uh, yeah, it, it was uh, such that... It um, it really did shake things up, uh, and I, I at first I thought it was like maintenance doing something mm -hmm. in the apartment downstairs, and it just like got loud or it got you mm -hmm. know backed up or something because you, you never know what happens. But <laughs> yeah, it was definitely mm -hmm. earthquake, and I saw all of Twitter and Facebook was lighting up with. Mm -hmm. Does everyone else feel that? Yes, mm -hmm. they did. So, bottom line is nature will. Fuck your plans right up if you decide to uh, get a little too rambunctious. Well, let's get well, back. To yeah. the, <laughs> let's get back to the human story part of the uh, this film. We haven't really touched on some of right. that. So, so we have the Russells. Um, apparently, mm -hmm. they've gone their separate ways in the very beginning of the film. They have a daughter, and uh, she just so happens to be like. Around her mother, or living with her mother, while she's well, developing this project for Monarch. Well, they they start with the big set piece from the end of the first one, which is where seeing the first one really helps with context, because yeah. there's that big battle between the two Mutos and Godzilla in San Francisco that kind of levels the city, and the Russells had a son who I guess went missing in the. I don't know if they said explicitly if they knew he died or he just went missing. Oh, he's but, dead as hell. Well, yeah. <laughs> they consider him dead. I know that. Yes. Well, yeah, he's that's that's exactly how the authorities <laughs> is like, He is dead <laughs> as hell. Give it up, lady. <laughs> and they, uh, yeah, so, yeah, the father apparently started drinking and they, and the other well, one stayed with Monarch and, yeah. So, well, and he's part of the one that uh, has developed some of the technology behind uh, the, uh, right. the Orca uh, 
uh, which is this uh, device that seems to calm or speak or control whales. And it just so happens to work with these titans on a certain Yeah, because they were using it to keep whales from the ocean. I mean, not from the ocean. From the coast. <laughs> no more ocean for you, whales. <laughs> yeah, go back to outer space where you belong. Well, they make a, they make a reference. Thanks for all the in, fish. <laughs> uh, 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 um, what's his face? Cranston. Brian Cranston makes a reference in the first film about speaking with a guy about echolocation and using echolocation with these creatures. And that's basically the principle they use is using sonar sonic like acoustics to communicate with them and they've apparently cracked the code of how to tweak it to each individual one or whatever or at least to vera farmiga's character did uh kind of crack that right. code, whatever and then yeah. they eventually kind of explain a little bit too how part of that like the missing element of the overall like harmony that can talk to all of them or whatever is like the human right. element. That's what they right. combined with Godzilla's, and then I think that's how they get it going later. It's mm -hmm. a neat idea being able to like tap into the bioharmonics or whatever of different big creatures like that and be able to communicate mm -hmm. with them. Uh, you'd, the have to, you'd have to find a way to do that if you were to survive in that new world, you know. So yeah. mm -hmm. it makes total sense. Plus the fact that. Uh, well, um, Ji Zhang being a really great um, homage to and representation of the fairies um, that were always attached to Mothra and were able to translate for her and for the other monsters. Um, you know, it's like where we've I got. Still, uh, I still want the twins. I, yeah, I, I need the twins. some <laughs> twins, man. It bums me out, like, and they need. I need the Mothra yeah. twins and that goddamn Mothra song because shit is fire. Like uh, <laughs> every yeah, time, like they, they, they always do that in the future. Well, it's a good way to um, pay homage to that central idea while also introducing those mm -hmm. concepts of echolocation, and uh, and she still provides a lot of that essential um, exposition that the fairies would have provided uh, so that role is still filled which is really nice mm -hmm. so yeah, it's, it's we're, really i'm not i i may not have paid as much attention did they reference either of those two like uh the uh wife or the uh, husband or the child uh in the uh original 2014 godzilla i can't remember they did not i don't okay think i was so. trying to think to myself like who are these people? <laughs> did they did they have any? It would have been cool, kind of, if they had referenced them there, because that would have been a. Um, I actually think that would have added to some of the coolness of that of the movie itself was just having that extra mm -hmm. uh, that extra attachment. But I guess in a way, it makes it so you can watch the movie without as much. I, and I they still like, have a little bit of carryover. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, you know, given. Ferris Bueller versus the Lizard. Uh, <laughs> you could you, Is that you the can forgive him. New title. Uh, that's what I'm calling it. May as well. uh, <laughs> that's a that sounds like a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you imagine that? Save Ferris. Like no, actually, we made it this time. Save him. He's about to get eaten. <laughs> actually, no. This could be a great late career move for Matthew Broderick. Do sort of a uh, almost a send up sort of meta send up sort of thing of like his 
where he's like Ferris Bueller several years later, and and he's made a string of bad choices, and all he can do is appear in bad monster movies. Yeah, that or Barry, they could they probably they probably couldn't call him the same thing just because of rights issues or whatever. Right. But like, if you were to bring him back, uh, you know, like a character of his sort, I mean, because like they did that with. Uh, um, what's his name from the Godzilla King of the Monsters? The U.S. Yeah. He had it. Uh, you know, the um, Raymond Burr. You know, they were yeah. able to bring him back for Godzilla '85, and they just called him Mr. Martin because they didn't want him to think that it was Steve Martin the actor. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's like, hey, they did that. You know, and uh, it, that, it would be That'd be kind of wild to see Matthew Broderick back in the It would just be cool even if they did it, like, subtly. Like, just a scene in one of the next ones where it's, like, Matthew Broderick at a cafe or something, and he sees the news report in, like, a totally unrelated city, and he sees the news report of Godzilla come over the, the thing, and he's just like, nope. And then it shows him, like, get a plane ticket and fly to a totally different country or something. I'm seeing a scene of... Uh, I'm getting a flash in my mind of John Hurt's cameo in Spaceballs. Oh, yeah. no, not again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you could you could forgive him for not maybe throwing as much in to try to build a sequel right away with 2014 because of that. It's like, let's just make a Godzilla movie that's at least decent and then build on it after. And I can respect that. I, I got it. I got it. Matthew Broderick is watching the news. Uh, report in like a sushi place and he gets this massive pile of sushi and he goes that's a lot of fish I thought he wasn't ready for that that burns uh, <laughs> uh, okay, thanks for all the fish Which, I mean, that's, uh, that's something we touched on with Gojira the original is that actually 1998 Godzilla got that right as far as his diet being primarily fish, um, which I don't think they touch on his diet all that much in oh, American... Radiation in this one. He, he eats uh, radiation. And that's why uh, they stay so close to the Earth's core. Uh, they explain it in 2014, Godzilla. Yeah. They, don't, they kind of assume you've watched that one for this one. And right. another reason why I wish y'all had told me earlier when you were you suggested that it was <laughs> I didn't know that you didn't know. I mean, I thought that was surprised you didn't know as well. I mean, come on, man. Because the special features, I mean, all they did was I copy and paste the back spines on them for this one. Like I said, like Dave usually like complains about that stuff, so I'm like. Uh, I figured, like, oh, that must be the first in that series. <laughs> and, and I guess, in fairness, uh, <laughs> I didn't complain as much because we had covered the the first two, and I was cool if we kind of misjumbled it. Even though, uh, though <laughs> technically, we should do it in order. I guess, so, in uh, in fairness, as our well, audience hasn't heard our. That's savage, Dave. He's just basically like, we covered mine, so I didn't give a shit. <laughs> 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 also, it was a little it was slightly confusing because this one came out or Godzilla 2014 came out just a hair ahead of Shin Godzilla so they both they got like rebooted in both uh, markets almost at the same time so it's kind of weird that you know it's kind of weird that that happened but <laughs> so. I, am, I am very much uh, interested in Shin Godzilla just because yeah. I want to know 
what it was that uh, that the guy actually ditched the fourth Evangelion movie over. Uh, just uh, uh, know where that. Uh, well, Shin Godzilla was great. Uh, I saw that in the theater too, and that was man, talk about a fan like a Godzilla fan stream, you know? Yeah, but we want that fourth ever movie. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that that series is a uh, that series. I'm afraid to start watching the movies because I don't want to be sitting there on a cliffhanger for multiple years waiting. On I the do want to say something about Rodan uh, because I really like the design of Rodan here. Um, mm-hmm. uh, even though I love the Rodan movie uh, itself when uh, when it, it was put out and whatnot, but Rodan is definitely beasted up for this film. Uh, I mean, uh, he's he's definitely a badass in his own way, even though he he, he kind of gets you know killed. But <laughs> hey, well, he smoke by moth, bro. Deal with it. <laughs> Actually, but he doesn't necessarily die because he's back at the end of that movie. True, Godzilla, and I do like how this movie ends. Unlike Cloverfield. You can tell this is sort of an apocalypse, especially by the time you get to Paradox, where the world is just kind of screwed, and everybody's in their prospective shelters. But in here, it's more like those surviving titans, they're kind of guardians of the Earth, and so long as you don't fuck with the planet as much, you're good. Yeah. It's like, even, even 2014 Godzilla... I'm realizing, wait, Godzilla's sitting there, he, he's not here to destroy the city, he's here... To attack those, the invader, the parasite. Yeah, he's trying to be the dominant predator, which I guess is what he was in his day. And well, and that's that's what I really liked about the first of the new ones, um, the fact that they struck that great balance between Godzilla, the guardian of Earth, and Godzilla, the destroyer of Earth. In in that respect, it was like, you know, he's still an animal, and he's still is driven by children (laughs) yeah well but he's he's still an animal and he's still driven by animal instinct to be that dominant predator and um you know to me that makes sense and um it's something that i was like yeah i can i can buy this and um it, it struck that right balance because it's like they do need him to take down well the the two creatures in the first one and then take down king Ghidorah. Um, and so it's more so about learning how to work with this this creature that you know it's like if you leave him alone he'll leave you alone and it's like that that seems to be in real life when you're dealing with a lot of predatory species more often than not that seems to be a good winning strategy. Well, and they 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 worked in the whole elemental because like the dude you know that helped build the orca was working with wolves or whatever when they have to come fish him out of Alaska or wherever the hell he's at growing his stubble. Mm-hmm. And, you know, basically, like, they use some sort of animal behaviorist-type stuff on Godzilla in the movie, like the whole opening the shutters so that he could see that they're not a threat. And mm-hmm. they finally did Godzilla, like, working with humans in a way that isn't absolutely cheeseball. And I was so stoked on that. Like, it makes right. sense as an animal, you know. Right. Oh, yeah, I mean, definitely. I think that Godzilla is... Uh... I really do think that the way that they did it was cool. I liked having the eco-terrorist uh, concept in it. It really was a cool movie, so to speak. Oh, for sure. And remind me, they did 
Kyle in Monster Zero at one point. I did. Yeah. 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 yeah, gave me a little goosebumpies for sure. Like, yes. <laughs> just just well, keep them well, coming. As dark as it is, and that was my biggest complaint of Godzilla 2014, was I had to turn the contrast up because I wanted to see what was going on. And this movie has a little bit of that issue, but not nearly as badly as 2014. Mm -hmm. And uh, I will say that if you want to watch this one, I really feel like you lose out by not watching the 2014 Godzilla. I agree. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we kind of touched on monster design briefly there for a minute. Dustin, what did you think about Rodan? I guess we should probably run down the list. I mean, this is a... So, yeah, we're, we're covering them in characters, too, because each monster has its own, like, distinctive personality, and a lot of character, a lot of thought went into the biology of the mm-hmm. monsters, mm-hmm. and I really appreciated that. I'm sure Jake did, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Rodan's design is, Rodan's blood is supposed to be, like, lava, so his wings are kind of a melted rock, like, with the tip, with just the edges like still burning and right. every time Rodan flaps his wings you can see that you know there's like a trail of smoke there's the, the cooling like uh Rodan is so cool in this movie Rodan used to be my, Rodan was my favorite Rodan was my favorite one in uh, the old in the old series for um, sure like if I had to pick you know actually, outside of Mothra of the main monsters then def- I-, I love Mothra but Rodan kills the sonic booms and all that Actually, Forrest, what was your thoughts on the, the monster design? On the monster design, um, hmm, I'd probably say, um, I gotta say, uh, Ghidorah looked great. Looked great. That was uh, probably my my favorite. My favorite of my also Godzilla. Also Godzilla. Um, I definitely think they improved. Actually, I think they made Godzilla himself look a lot better than he did in the twenty fourteen movie. He's a chonker. Love it. Stick with two C's, boy. <laughs> Actually, is your camera still on? And I like the thick. Uh, yes. Like yeah. the thick Godzilla that they created for the uh, for this Why? particular version of Godzilla. He's kind of. I don't know. I feel like he's a cool kind of muscular Godzilla. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I remember they made fun of that. Uh, I think it was actually the Japanese made fun of. American Godzilla being obese, <laughs> and uh, well, apparently the reasoning, like in the in the first one, I mean, um, and I think the reasoning behind it initially was that He's they like based well that, and they based um, that Godzilla explicitly off of a sumo wrestler, um, which to to tie it into the Japanese origin. Which okay, you know, I, I remembered seeing. The action figure of Godzilla, um, I think even before you saw a halfway decent, um, you know, the, uh, like full body shot of him, and I remember being like, "Man, his neck's really thick, and he like, yeah, he looks fat," you know. But then I do think that they struck a better balance um, with him in the second one. Uh, I, I know for a fact that they were trying to, you know, 
that have it pay homage to the idea of a sumo wrestler. Who, oh, they have a full-on sumo moment when he clashes yeah. with Ghidorah and there's, like, that shockwave. I think it's right before he says, that lizard is juiced, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I hate that line the most, honestly. <laughs> it's the only moment in the movie where you're like, damn, you know? <laughs> 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 yeah. He would fail his uh, Olympic steroid screening. Sure. Uh, so, what do you think about Mothra and Rodan for Mothra Rodan, uh, hmm. Uh, Rodan looked good. Um, Mothra, I, I don't know, she didn't really stand out, really stand out to me. Uh, Blasphemy. What the? This is kind of of a weaponized Mothra. This Mothra is very pointy. (laughs) I actually lost track of it because, so, okay, the wife of the person, she was like, um, on the side of Monarch, supposedly, up until the Mothra awakening, and then kind of switched sides. Without, or was she always on the side of... She was always I'm going on to it. Kill everybody. <laughs> I'm going to kill all of humanity. Like, well, they <laughs> actually... They talk she about, always had that plan. They talk about that in the, um, in the uh, commentary, about that opening scene... Of of the of of the uh, girl and her mother, and it's like this ordinary morning. But they were talking about they were trying to hit that balance of how much are they saying and how much are they not saying, and how much is clear to the audience of how much are they not saying. And if you look at it that way, it's really intriguing because you can tell that they're both holding back in that conversation. So it's like, yeah. Is it me or is it like uh, the the, fa- the 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 husband character? Does it not remind you of the character from the Godzilla 2014? The guy who was kind of just obsessed over the loss of his family. Uh, he to me, he kind of had that uh, that feeling like that's the character, except <laughs> if the character lived. Uh, Are you talking about Brian Cranston's character? Yeah. Not so much. I mean, I could see if you if you weren't paying attention to the movies, and you, I could see you assuming like, oh, is this guy supposed to be Brian Cranston? Like, <laughs> maybe a little bit. I could see that. I felt like their motivations were different in a sense, and they went about it very differently. I think, Cause yeah. yeah. Was that uh, Ron Livingston? No, that was Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler. Okay. Yeah. Um, is I, I remembered that they looked kind of similar, and I think they do look that. a little bit alike. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I, I agree. I think his character was kind of his own animal, uh, not to be too honorific, but uh, yeah, I, I think he was his own animal. You know, one one character in the cast I don't think we've mentioned is Ice Cube Jr. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I and he actually had one of the great moments I think in the film where like they talk about Mothra as the queen of them, and and they've been referring to Godzilla as sort of a king, and so he has this weird he thinks what you know some people were thinking, and he has this what. <laughs> <laughs> There were there were a lot of uh, I think one thing that this film really suffers from is sometimes the dialogue is pretty uh, childish. Let's just say, and that was kind of one of the moments that stuck out to me. 
uh, where it's kind of like, oh, come on, man. Like, uh, I, I, I'll say I've been that, saying that for years now. Thanks a lot. Yeah, but I'll say like that part at, where, uh, at the same time, you're not exactly going to like any Kaiju film expecting, you know, Shakespeare or anything like that. You know, it's... it's no, but at the same different. time... Some of it was maybe unneeded, like the you part know, where I think it's, know, like, Rodan is coming. that was your juice. I mean, come yeah, on. It, it could also be worse, though. You could have, like, Son of Godzilla, where it's, like, explicitly for the kids. You, you see, Dane, now you've put it out there. <laughs> and, and one of these, like, sometimes that we're going to see... Uh, either Hamlet or or, or Romeo and Juliet or or Macbeth. Uh, or Macbeth Macbeth would be a good one. Yes. Yeah. Take the play and build a kaiju film with that oh, play. Oh yes. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that rock. Um, Bring it on. So now there's no, some no, of no, this no, that's they, like a no, little on do, the nose. They need know. to do King Lear where Lear is Godzilla. Yeah. yeah there we go. <laughs> Just do them all. Uh, uh, we that couldn't could be do its own King, monsterverse. We, we couldn't do King Kong versus Godzilla as a Romeo Juliet theme. So <laughs> now, got it. So I got it. So you have shipwrecked people. They land on Monster Island, and you do the Tempest with someone in the control of monsters. Uh, you know, so hey, you, you got it. That's easy. <laughs> no, we should. You know, if we ever do like, a, let's say, we, when we finally get Godzilla versus King Kong, if that ever comes up, we do need to do the original as the pre-show. Yeah, the original battle was epic. I mean, uh, I remember when I was time. Uh, when I was working with uh, when I was in high school and I was doing, we were doing a mystery science theater ripoff. Uh, that we did. We did that movie because it was just such a fun, cheesy, like, cheese-tastic oh, movie. Oh, man, when they're bringing Kong in with those balloons or what? Oh, my God. Oh, I, could, <laughs> I could die with that being the last image in my head and be happy, for sure. They should, uh, they should have, like, a little homage to that where, like, maybe let's say uh, that, you know, King Kong is emerging onto the scene, and let's say it's like at a, I don't know, a carnival or something, or some place where there would be balloons, and maybe you see like two or three, like, kind of attach themselves to his fur for like a few seconds before floating away, it's like, that that would be kind of a neat homage there, just like something very simple like that. Uh, that's super cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the wrong brother. Oh. <laughs> I, was looking, I was looking at the cast in Godzilla vs. Kong, and Alexander Skarsgård is in there. It's like when you're talking about balloons, it's the wrong one. Uh, yeah. The wrong one. Godzilla versus Pennywise. <laughs> I think Pennywise would just get crushed in Godzilla. <laughs> hey, do combat. We should talk about Bambi versus Godzilla. He could go into his giant bug form if he was going to do that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I would have brought that bug creature from uh, Men in Black uh, into quite uh, a, a Godzilla or something like that. That would be awesome. Uh, cockroach monster versus Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. I would be rooting for that one to be squashed down. <laughs> well, I mean, Megalon was a cockroach, so that did already happen. 
<laughs> oh, that was the cheesiest Godzilla I've ever seen, especially <laughs> with Jet Jaguar. On. Oh, the that's whole thing he's doing that kick on his tail as he just yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, the I, flying double kick. How about the swordfish? Yeah, I, I don't speak that. That was... <laughs> well, is the one that I remember watching the most often when I was a kid. I think because it gave off such a strong Power Rangers vibe, which obviously it's because it helped to create the foundation on which Power Rangers would eventually emerge. But, um, you know, it's like, I loved Jet Jaguar, I loved the Jet Jaguar song, I loved the, the double, the, the tail support flying kick, which they do it twice, and I love the, uh, I love the, uh, you know, when uh, Godzilla <laughs> appears, and it's like, I don't know, in my head, I'm like, yeah, that's the music when Godzilla appears, it's just this really bizarre, brassy, like, I don't know, just... It, no, 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 Godzilla was a cool cat from the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Thank well, the God the music in this was done by Bear McCreary, and right. it was pretty epic. Um, it, it incorporated a lot of the classic themes, and yep. it did a really great job of using that, especially the scene where um, when Godzilla is revived by the nuclear right. warhead. Like and the reuse of the and the use of the original Godzilla theme, like which I don't was think already pretty it. epic. I don't think that's ever been more. I don't think that music's ever been more exciting. Like with a right. scene that's been set to. Well, Bear McCreary as a composer is criminally underrated. Um, but I think I, agree. He, I think he's I think he's getting more of a presence now than he did at least initially. Um, but like he's. Yeah, he's he's getting up there in visibility as he should because he's well worth it. I mean, even if it's like um, something like um, his score for Angry Video Game Nerd the movie, well, a lot of people cited that as one of the best parts of the film, and I, I would agree. And there we have Cloverfield. He did the score for he did the score for Victor Crowley too, the Adam Green movie. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know that. He also did the score for Ten Cloverfield Lane. And the Child's Play remake. Like he did an amazing job on the Child's Play remake music. Well in the in the behind the scenes of Baby G in the movie, he seems like a pretty cool person and someone that really knows his stuff when it comes to not just um, uh, music composition, but also just how to make it work in the context of story because um, like what he did with that film was it was all through um, trying to emulate real video games uh, music sounds so like NES uh, SNES Genesis oh. and then integrating the existing AVGN theme when the character art goes in a certain uh, direction so it's like it's it's good that he knows story as well as how to best integrate it uh, into musical form. You should do a Almost retro gaming theme yeah. for like this movie. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so, what do you guys think about the battle? I mean, this is kaiju combat, which is probably a. Uh... So this movie oh, yeah, has well... this movie has several battles. So we get mm -hmm. Godzilla versus Ghidra round one. Mm -hmm. We get Rodan versus Ghidra. Mm -hmm. We get Godzilla versus Ghidra round two and three. And we also get Rodan versus Mothra. We very briefly yeah. get Mothra and Godzilla versus... Well, 
Mothra helps Godzilla out during round three. Uh, it's an assist, yeah. It's like a well-received pass on on the touchdown kind of assist. Yeah, before that, before that reveal that oh, Ghidra brought Rodan with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, a, yeah, like a like a tag team match in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> that initial scrap with them was friggin' great. You know, I mean, like that yeah. whole scene, everything about like, like, the human element in it too was cool. I like how he's, like, ripping the guy's head off. If he had actually been allowed to continue, mm-hmm. you know that Godzilla would have just, like, wasted him right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And th- but they had to decide to use that oxygen destroyer, which was the most useless oxygen destroyer of all time. Well, it destroyed yeah, lots of stuff. Yeah, and Ghidra comes it from a place of oxygen. Life, but yeah. It, it helped him regenerate his head. Right. And then, of course, like uh, I said, the follow-up to that, you basically, or is this shortly after, I guess. Um, but like I said, you do have that part where Rodan goes up against him and is totally owned. <laughs> yeah. And, like, that's where we get a little bit of that potty humor or whatever, where beforehand he's like, the only reason that he'd be coming here is for food, or for food, for a fight, or a, you know, and he doesn't say the the other F, but you know what he's talking <laughs> they do about. the other F in the first movie. <laughs> yeah. And my, my, my kid is like old enough to get those jokes now, so, so I'm sitting there the whole time watching that scene and she's asking me if they're going to make a baby and it's like, I don't think so. I thought the I, I thought the other F was going to be, I thought the third F was going to be flabbergasted. They were talking about how Godzilla and Mothra would actually like work it out like together <laughs> well it's like i said you have that moment where they're kind of like huh what, what kind of uh what kind of monstrosity would result from that unholy union <laughs> can you imagine i see with any protuberance that could be used for that as mothra and that's gonna be a strange day for godzilla if they're gonna do that <laughs> <laughs> would, he, would, he shit, well, would he shit out the baby? Well, uh, this is different from the monster verse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've lost the kid safe territory. <laughs> oh, we always lose that whenever most of the time. <laughs> um, I don't know, I really <laughs> like the scrap between like Mothra and. Well, go. Let's let's do it. So, like, the first talking animal, about like, that. I liked the animal moment they added for Ghidra, where like Ghidra knows can sense Godzilla's coming, so like yeah. the heads are all looking around, and like he yeah. backs up and like puffs himself up to make himself look as large as possible to like his full yeah, height. <laughs> and you do have that one scene was it then or the later rematch where you see the two of them approaching each other from either side of the screen and that was a pretty great shot and it was like you see you know Ghidorah like you said puffed up completely like looking three times bigger than Godzilla but it's still <laughs> yeah a regular, a regular puff daddy you might say yes <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunate uh, uh, callback to the other Godzilla, yes. But no, uh, like Godzilla's kind of throwing some Godzilla's kind of throwing some wrestling moves, like a lot of grapples. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like, you don't see Godzilla just, like, punch Ghidra. G- Godzilla's, like, choking yeah. and throwing mm-hmm. him around a lot. Well, that makes sense, though, because, um, well, in, in real life, when you see animals of, well, relatively comparable size fighting each other, what do they do? Well, they try to bite, they try to swipe with their claws, if they have any, mm-hmm. uh, or they try to choke about choke out, you know, their uh oh, yeah. let's say let's say it's like chimpanzees fighting or whatever. Well they're gonna, you know, probably try to choke each other out or they'll bite or they'll maybe they'll do a little bit of hitting, but it's not gonna be like it, you're not gonna see a chimp boxing match or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, kangaroos on the other hand, you know, that's like a kickboxing match right there. Yeah, and I, I thought it was really great, like, how they kept it, that kind of realistic animal fighting style for Godzilla. Yeah, and it makes sense, again, because they're, they're animals, uh, and they're trying to reinforce that fact. But, uh, yeah, and generally, yeah, you do see some form of that with animals in real life. Like, uh, you mentioned a bear before, and, you know, there's a reason why they call the, the, the move that humans do the bear hug, you know, because that's what, you know, bears will do in real life. <laughs> Godzilla is the giant Russian bear. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> There's a movie for you, Godzilla with a Russian accent pregnant <laughs> with Mothra's babies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then we have... Uh... So, our next battle was the Rodan versus Ghidra battle, mm-hmm. which, it was kind of hard to figure out, like, what was Rodan's strategy? Just, like, rake at Ghidra with <laughs> his claws? Because Rodan can't really do a whole lot. Was there a strategy? Oh, I mean, the other ma- the monsters, the other monsters are kind of like those beta monsters. I mean, they are awesome in their own right, but if you compare them to, like, uh, Godzilla uh, or Ghidra, they're just, like, nothing. Mid-boss! Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Well, he's like, basically... They don't have very good weapons. weapons. <laughs> mm-hmm. hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like the Ghidorah and Rodan clash there. Sorry, I was uh, getting a beverage. Um, <clears throat> because just that whole element, too, with him, like, they think that's a hurricane, and then it turns out to be Ghidorah. Right, right. It's, that, that's just oh, yeah. so epic. Actually... Uh, you know what would be cool is, like, when I saw that giant airplane, I thought to myself, uh, like, the Avengers. So, like, uh, just have, uh, of course, I don't want Disney to own any more properties than they already do, but uh, <laughs> uh, the Avengers versus Godzilla. I mean, that That'd might be, be awesome. I, I, I've actually seen uh, that was, I, that was actually actually one of my favorite, uh, that was one of my favorite quick moments mm-hmm. in this movie. When like they have when the giant flying fortress mm-hmm. for Monarch is kind of approaching Rodan's volcano, there's sort of a close up on Rodan's face and he kinda of squints and then mm-hmm. off in the distance like this vaguely bird shaped thing. And then Rodan's oh, like well, and, and they immediately also, flies after it. They also mm-hmm. do point out they do point out again in the in the commentary when they go find Kyle Chandler out in the wilds, uh, looking at wolves they point out that his cabin happens to be the same one that Tony Stark owns in uh, Endgame. So, like, it was the exact same cabin 
So they were like, uh, that that's some interesting crossover potential there. Well, I've, I've actually, I've seen fan art, which I'm going to send it to you guys right now. I've seen fan art of um, Godzilla, like this this new um, American Warner Brothers owned uh, iteration of Godzilla. I've seen fan art of, of that Godzilla versus Superman, which obviously one of those zones. So like I could I could well I was gonna say I could actually see that happening in being pretty cool, especially if you did like the Henry uh, the uh, Henry Cavill Superman, because I think that you know seeing him go up against Godzilla that would be pretty spectacular. Godzilla versus the Justice League. I think even just Superman, just keep it kind of simple. But uh, well, although if you although if you did throw in the Justice League, it's like well, you have to make Godzilla even more powerful. <laughs> yeah, throw in the rest of the rest of the, uh, the Titans. Oh, wait, wait, now, wait, now you're talking. Yeah, actually, I was thinking about that earlier when y'all were talking about the Titans. I was thinking, well, that could be a tie-in to a certain show. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe maybe do is like giant monsters all out attack, uh, but then throw every DC superhero in there. Just you know, make it like the ultimate you know, sh- or the ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny. You know, think of it this way: God, uh, the Godzilla and the Keiju monsters in the universe of the Clash of the Titans. Oh, hmm. <laughs> oh that could be fun right there. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, what is it after that that we get the second round Godzilla and Ghidorah where he bites the Transformer and then we get the Mothra and Rodan or? Oh, well, after, um, after, I just kind of wanted to comment on, like, the finishing blow for the (laughs) Rodan-Ghidorah fight because, like, I kind of missed how nasty it was the first time I saw it, but Ghidorah is, like, Ghidorah is, like, stretching Rodan on the rack with two of his heads, and then he just, like, blasts the shit out of him with lightning yeah. from the middle head. And it's like, like, I actually kind of winced, like, ooh. I had, yeah, it's I had, rough. I had sort of missed, like, how harsh that fight ends. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's just, like, oh, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I have to say, that first fight, uh, I still say the first fight where Godzilla rips off uh, Ghidorah's head is still the most harsh I saw. <laughs> oh yeah, that happens immediately afterward when Godzilla shows up to fight Ghidra after yeah. the Rodan fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and Godzilla has him in the water, kind of like a crocodile. Mm-hmm. And he's just like rolling him. And Ghidra has like no... Ch- it's not even really a fight. Like Ghidra has no chance of surviving that if not for the oxygen destroyer coming and screwing everything up. Yeah. But you know, like, the, the, fi- the fact that... And of course it leads to... The one of the most heartfelt scenes where Dr. Sarazawa sacrifices oh, himself. And it's kind of mm-hmm. cool to be able to have that character set up in the first film a little bit more because you kind of get to know him a little bit more because they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to miss when that guy says let him fight. It's like, I don't know. I actually uh, didn't uh, see it the, la- the first time. <laughs> well, uh, meanwhile, while this is going on, Madison. She is. She's having kind of a, a mother-daughter kind of a disagreement, mm-hmm. where she just goes off into the wild, and and like her her mother and father are trying to search for her, uh, for mm-hmm. her, 
Uh, well, yeah, and, her mother just basically made herself to be like a mass murderer, so of course she's a slight bit upset about Yeah, we, we kind of glossed over that, but that was a really good scene where they, they get the, uh, the communication from the, the monarch people, get the communication from the terrorists, and the person on the screen is the, the mother. It's not, it's not Charles Dance, as they probably had all thought it was going to be. It was Dr. Dr. Russell. Uh, the other Dr. Russell, exactly. and, and she actually gives this really, again, very compelling argument, but very harsh, and then, of course, you know, when it's over, they're all kind of like, and then, you know, Zi Zung does that line that apparently everyone loves, and that bitch, and mm-hmm. then, uh, but then you also see her side of it, and she's like fighting back tears at the end. Um, so it was like, it was a really great acting job for her, I thought. But also, it was just really great in that it is a compelling argument. It's a pretty horrible argument, but she makes it well. But you've also got her daughter standing there the whole time, kind of reevaluating her part of the whole yeah. thing. It was a really well-produced terrorist broadcast, too. They had like a nicely yeah. edited video to go with it and everything. Yeah. It was top tier. Well, they were in one of like, the, big, the big monarch facilities. You just right. one it was at the time. I do still say... I just love the idea that during all this, there's a dude who was editing that clip. Like, this is going to really <laughs> drive it home. Yeah. Sorry, but go ahead. We'll put the footage of Silla here. And <laughs> it was lost. A lost opportunity. They did not include these characters in the first Godzilla movie. <laughs> yeah. It, it would have been, been kind of cool because you... I well, feel like first... you lost an investment potential for these characters... By just introducing them like right now is like, yeah, okay, that happens. It's sort of like in Justice League where they just introduce they just call uh, it together. in that one, you know, um, where you're sitting there going, oh yeah, there's Batflick, uh, and that's why he's upset because uh, because they were destroying metropolis i see <laughs> well this if one, i'm not mistaken though isn't millie bobby brown signed on for king congress as godzilla too she is yeah i believe so they uh from so. what i understand they've got her coming back kyle chandler zi young and probably a couple of others um i know you're on board if there's a if she's is in there oh hell yeah well who wouldn't be i mean <laughs> just Put in anything, uh, she'll make it better. Yeah, they the the IMDb page lists those three with their character names listed, and John does list both characters by her name, um, and they've rumored Denai Guerrero's return, uh, but it's apparently not confirmed. But it doesn't look like they've confirmed most of the others yet. I'd love to see. Y'all can tell me if I nodded off at an inopportune moment here, but did they, they, nothing happened to David Strathairn's character, did it? Uh, I don't... Or Bradley Whitford? I, I, don't, match, I don't match names to those. Yeah. I yeah. can't match those fake names. To they're, not listed, they're not listed yet, but... There's a lot of they in the movie. No role, anyway, moving on to uh, yeah. the next round of battles. Right. 
And so after that, after Godzilla is revived by Dr. Serizawa, mm-hmm. um, we get our final battle, which is Godzilla and the military, uh, later joined by Mothra and Rodan versus Ghidra. Well, and Rodan. So epic. Well, we should probably mention the reason that there's a sacrifice is apparently the ship they're on no longer has the capacity for firing weapons. So he basically takes an armed nuke in a mini-sub into where Godzilla is recovering and then fires off the nuke uh, to, you know, but but has that great little moment of, like, my old friend or whatever right before the bomb. Yeah, man, I love it. Yeah. (laughs) It was so awkward watching that with my kid. I was hoping somebody would would cover that because that was a beautiful (laughs) scene. Right, it was, and it was weird watching it with my kid trying to cover up that I'm like choking up at a goddamn (laughs) 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 This movie had a lot of moving moments, it really did. It's that scene where you're looking at it, and it's the same scene really as you get from the original Godzilla. A lot of ways, where you you see Sarazawa actually sacrifice himself. Uh, there's not as much. I really don't feel like it. It's a different type of passion to mm-hmm. it because Sarazawa is kind of a combination between both scientists. You know, uh, yes. the one that wanted to study Godzilla versus the one that actually created the oxygen destroyer. Mm-hmm. I think there's like oh, a combination. About Yamane? Yeah, yeah. our boy Yamain. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, really and truly. That's uh, that's how it is. I mean, you had like the, the people who. It's just uh, he's more of that kind of god <coughs> sacrifice, but doesn't mirror the sacrifice that uh, the real Sarazawa made in the original. <coughs> it was a great melding of the characters and sort of like uh, the 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 parallel to it was awesome. If they ever bring Sarazawa back in a future gen of Godzilla, though. They need to have a point where, like, they try to put him in a dive suit and he just refuses. Because <laughs> 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 shows when he puts I on the dive say, suit, he's dead a couple minutes later. I still say, like, they need to, like, go in there and say, he belongs in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> like, you and your museums. <laughs> well, it's, it's an Indiana Jones reference. I know. So did that explosion <laughs> looked sweet when he set off that nuke too. Like, it just yeah. looked nice. I don't know what what about it. Maybe because it was like underwater, but not or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was neat. Right. Uh, it's one of one of my favorite scenes of like a nuke going off in a movie. I think yeah. actually. Yeah, and so while that's happening, we've got uh, the the young lady, the uh, Madison is of. Uh, gotten hold of Orca and taken it to Fenway Park and she's using it to amplify the signal I guess and kind of all these titans all over the world that are responding to Ghidorah suddenly are confused and don't know what to do <laughs> they stop smashing stuff they stop uh, smashing yes Ghidorah but Hulk did not Hulk was still stuff. smashing <laughs> But yeah, anyway, and it sets them all up to converge on the the final battle right. at the end, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you do have that great moment in there where Ghidorah, of course, comes to Fenway as well and starts looking around. What's going on? What's going on? And you have that moment where she sees him through the window and he sees her, and she's like, 
<laughs> and then you gotta rev up that suspension of disbelief because right. she should have been dead like a half dozen times in the next two minutes of the movie. Oh, yeah, that's uh, possibly. That's like a real like uh, unscrewed moment right there. Right. And I think uh, that brings us right to where Dustin. Moments. Yeah, I think that brings us right to that moment where Dustin was kicking off there, where like he shows up with the military until right. she turns around and like smiles. Because Godzilla's coming, you know, to kick Geeter's ass or whatever, and there's all Actually, those, um, those Jets formations. I love this movie enough that I've read the novelization, and nice. so at the, during this scene in the novelization, um, her internal monologue is: she sees the blue beam hit Ghidra, and then she sees Godzilla coming, and her thoughts are like, "Yeah, come kick his ass." <laughs> so, uh, you, you were right. Smile in the movie gets that off. Uh, that's great. Well, I mean, as you get to the end, you get people like going, "Ooh, Godzilla, come on!" Or was that the first one? I can't. I can't remember. I watched the first one second. I remember in the first movie, you had all the people like really hoping, like really celebrating that Godzilla actually survived, almost dying at the end of his battle. I can't remember how it was for this one. People were more people were more in awe of Godzilla at the end of this one. Cuz like annoying uh, like Cuz annoying uh dialogue guy is like Jesus, glad he's on our side. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, he's on nobody's side in the end. His own And now I think this kicks off the fight that eventually leads to Mothra and Rodan getting involved. Yeah, um, so Godzilla, Godzilla, and Ghidorah have that really cool, like that charge that at e- that charge at each other that uh, Jake was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And they they have like a shock wave kind of come off of them, like oh yeah, like I thought that was cool too. That sumo moment. <laughs> and um, you know, it's kind of hard to describe. It's like. I don't know. It was just like a really thrilling battle. Like it felt very, it felt very evenly pitched. Like there wasn't a moment where it's like, oh, so Ghidorah and Godzilla felt equal in power. Like you didn't think, yes. you know, oh, Godzilla's just gonna show up and own Ghidorah, or mm-hmm. like it was very, it was, uh, it was very, it was very evenly, evenly stacked. Yeah. yeah, and and the, there was some cool shit that happened in it before even the other monsters really got involved. Like, I believe before Mothra and Rodan show up is the part where uh, Ghidorah bites that Transformer and is, like, tra- you know, like channeling the, the electricity. Sucks all the power out of the grid. So, like, that's a question for those That was really fucking cool. Well. That was my favorite moment. It was. In that, in that Honestly, game. yeah, that's my favorite moment. Ghidorah just, right just flares his wings out and just shoots lightning off its entire body. Absolutely. For, for you Godzilla experts, uh, so now I know Godzilla, he works off of radiation. Does Ghidorah work more off of electricity? Or, uh, this Ghidorah does. Looks, yeah. yeah, it's never really expounded upon. He's just space dragon, dude. It's got three heads, wiggles around, you know. That should be the tagline for the next Ghidorah film. He's got three heads, wiggles around. <laughs> <laughs> my other Godzilla tisks on that big series are like stacked under a pile of uh, of rubble until I can actually get my whole like 
thing back together, so I won't be able to look at those. Well, Gator's attack, just... attack has always been called gravity beams. Like, they're not electricity, they're like a weird kind of energy unique to Ghidra. Right. Mm. Um, but in this one, they went with lightning, which I think is almost cooler. He's got three heads and he wiggles around, sounds like a personal Zed. <laughs> I actually like the lightning attack, and it kind of, I kind of like how they do it, because it differentiates himself from all of the other monsters that feed off of radiation. I mean, if you think about it, because Ghidorah in this one is an otherworldly being, he is not like all the other Titans. Right. So it yeah. would actually make sense that he feeds off electricity. Yeah, I thought that was super cool and creative. Like, not something I ever would have thought of with Ghidorah, but it makes total sense when you see it on the screen. I mean, and it just is a badass, like, high point in the battle for sure. Yeah, uh, I had a, I also, I had a friend turn to me and be, and be... I had a friend turn to me and be like, "Can he? could he do that before? And I was like, in the theater. But continue. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, I just think it's awesome. And in and, and another element about Ghidorah in this, because Ghidorah's kind of known for making a weird noise if you watch the older Godzilla movies. You know, he's got yeah, a very, very strange sound effect that they reused several times in Ultraman. Uh but, the, you know, he didn't really have that in this, but he had, like, there was a moment where his tail pops up, and it's like a rattlesnake effect that it had, which, honestly, is way more sinister than the dopey <laughs> science fiction sounds that he used to make, you know? They did have they did have a little bit of that noise when he's arriving to Fenway Park, but, you know, I've seen this movie, like, six times, and I never hear it. Like, right. it's intentionally it's, it's, put it's... in there, but I never hear it. It's it's pr probably they're trying to do some subliminal thing with it, maybe. I don't know. I didn't notice it, but it, I'm going to be looking for it now, for sure, because that'd be neat to one day, you know, pinpoint it. Uh, and then, you know, the whole, the way Mothra comes in and, like, webs his heads to that skyscraper was sick. I don't know why I liked that so much. It just, it, probably the most realistic, well, obviously, because it's a newer movie, but definitely one of the cooler ways that I've seen Mothra use webs. He usually just shoots the shit out. Kinda, I was going to say, does he like have the web attacks and the uh, other ones that... I have not uh, watched that many Godzilla movies overall. If I can Mothra watch, doesn't uh, have a whole uh, lot of attacks. Uh, yeah. Mo that's basically Mothra's deal is the webs and the old ones. You know, he, like, cotton candies their ass and... Yeah. Uh, so it was cool to see that. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Sweaters beware, you know. I've actually watched a lot of the uh, a lot of the ones that are on the set here, but I've never gotten fully into the '90s versions uh, yet. So, uh, so I plan on. Mothra can shoot rainbows from her eyes, but that's uh, that's about all Mothra can. Mothra can shoot rainbows from her eyes. Like a. She has like a, a poison powder. Yeah, she yeah. has like a poison powder thing that she can do, but. It kills her to do it. Basically, she's butterfree from Pokemon. Pretty exactly. much, yes. That's what I thought. Or like the rainbow from the eyes will come in real handy when you're doing a pride parade. But you know, as an attack, <laughs> I don't know about that. But it's surprisingly destructive. Well, I mean, I guess technically, rain. Well, you know, a rainbow is a specific you know spectrum of light and focused in a particular way right, so yeah. if one were to you anyway know, focus it. Uh, so Mothra arrives and they team on Ghidorah for a little bit uh, 
but then Rodan comes and like kind of peels Mothra away. So and eventually Mothra does beat Rodan and come back to support Godzilla, but she gets blasted by Ghidra. And this oh, is I one love of the, that moment too. Yeah, this is one of the cooler moments. Like she blocks an attack for Godzilla and gets blown into dust, but the dust absorbs into Godzilla and starts to change him into Fire Godzilla. Did you notice? Yeah, uh, like, there's uh, the, and I didn't notice it until I watched the special features. Like I didn't catch it when I was watching the movie. But there's a certain point when he gets he gets up and there's like a shockwave that comes off of him and Mothra's wing patterns are like in the shockwave. And you can hear After her cry too. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, I wish I had caught that when I was first watching it. Is it a regular thing for Mothra to just sacrifice uh, herself for Godzilla? Oh, well, Mothra's always getting killed, dude. Mothra, <laughs> there's always Mothra, a Mothra egg. Mothra always sacri- Mothra sacrifices herself <laughs> for a lot of different reasons in a lot of different movies. Yeah, it's, like, it's her thing. But the, she always leaves an egg behind when she knows she's going to go into some shit, I guess, because there's always like another Mothra egg, and she just hatches. They they yeah. very explicitly make a point to say, like, and I think the Mothra movie, the, her single movie, that she's like undying, basically. She always revives, you know. Yeah, there is a... And the, the credits of this movie have like a big montage of like newspaper articles about the Titans, and there's one about, you know, giant insect egg discovered, second Mothra. Mm-hmm. Which, those were fun. Inevitably, inevitably, some Japanese fellow is going to try to make it the centerpiece of a theme park, because that just happens a lot in kaiju movies. Mm-hmm. Inadvisably so, mm-hmm. but yes. <laughs> well, let's try to bring this around to our favorites, mm-hmm. if we can, so... Well, um, well, I just wrapping up, wrapping up how the actual last part of it. Where God well, wrapping up how that battle, wrapping up, wrapping up how that battle ends. So they use the orca to they fix the orca and use it to buy Godzilla a few minutes to st- to get back up. Uh, and then we get we get a new form of Godzilla for this. It's kind of similar to Burning Godzilla from versus Destroya. Like, Godzilla basically goes into meltdown mode uh, after the power-up from Mothra. And there was a really cool, like, build-up to that where Godzilla's walking by things and they just burst into flames. Like, did anybody notice that little detail in the scenery? Hmm. Mm? Yeah, not really. Oh, you sorry, my bad, dude. Like I muted little... my mic to cough, but I was talking, actually, oh. again. Uh, I, I love that scene, man. Shit's all melting, and it's just, it's very sinister. You know that the movie's, it's coming to a close right there, because it's yeah, just Godzilla, immediately, he's Godzilla melting wrought iron. and Godzilla shows off his new uh, nuclear pulse attack, which just kills the <laughs> shit out of Keitra. <laughs> yeah. I oh, I love how he stomped on his chest. <laughs> oh, definitely that girl's mom, too. I mean, I just don't understand how there's any way she survived that. Um, well, definitely dead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she, she, she's dead as their son. Uh, oh my basically, <laughs> that chest stomp at the end is probably one of the most epic moments I've ever seen in a kaiju movie, too. How he just basically crushes him while just melting him down. It's... Wow. Yeah. Uh, 
and that whole final bit afterwards too with the all the titans coming around and like kneeling to him and he gets that epic roar on that little hilltop that's just good stuff <laughs> most definitely that's that's how you uh i mean shoot that's how you know he's the true king of the monsters right there godzilla's <laughs> you might as well be holding it. I mean, that is like some wrestling shit almost, too. You might as well be holding the championship belt up there. Like, I don't know if any of y'all have ever watched this before, but there is a Japanese, uh, there is a Japanese wrestling league called Kaiju Combat where they all dress up mm. like as kaiju monsters and they do like traditional American-style wrestling. It, it, mm. is, uh, it is really fun to watch. That sounds pretty cool. I mean, I... Repping I, up this whole time. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. That might have to be its own episode, but um, yeah, I mean, I know that like, like the giant every one of these, and that's like that. Just like myself, I just think to myself, he's just like a giant green bean that's attacking people. That's just cool. <laughs> well, I mean, I I know for a fact in Japan, um, with like let's say um, New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, like like generally speaking, they on the one hand, like they have you know, pro wrestling there, um, but they put more of an emphasis on the sportsmanship aspect of it, and it's still got the spectacle and everything, but it's um, more so about the actual performance, and um, they also go all the way with it, where, like, they'll do stuff that would never fly here in terms of, like, you know, broken glass all over the um, the ring. Oh, and right, like, I mean... That's just a new Japan, bro. Like, you dive into the world of Japanese pro wrestling, it is an insane rabbit hole where guys are having wrestling matches with mops and fighting in arcades and using auto cans as their special moves. It's glorious. So the, oh, the kaiju you. thing I like is... We're, uh, I think we need to get back on topic here. Uh, looks yes. like we're losing the forest. So why don't we talk we... about, like, uh, special effects? We've talked about yeah. this in a general... But I think that special effects in this movie were pretty much top notch. I think that they, they learned the best. They learned a lot from the first one when they made in 2014, and they improved on the lighting effects using the ambient light and all the uh, like uh, the various like luminescence that uh, that you could to show the monsters. It wasn't just like where are they at? I can barely see them. Like in 2014, Godzilla and. Uh, I really thought that they did a great job on animating these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fully agree. Oh, like the, especially like the blast attacks and like the glowing lava blood on Rodan. Like it was all so great. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, very yeah nice. definitely. Oh, right. I mean, and, the, and the way they pulled off Godzilla with his you know, irradiated look right was, was was badass. Okay. You know? uh, it seems like. Hey, Forrest, uh, why don't you tell us your favorite scene before we let you go here? <laughs> okay, uh, for me, it was watching Fenway Park get destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a baseball I had a feeling that was going to be it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's Fenway Park? Ugh. I mean, if you're like a, if you're like a uh, Sox fan, then yeah. You're, or if you're a Sox fan, you would hate the Fenway Park game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you're a Yankees fan, you were yeah. savoring their tears right there in the theater, so I imagine Forrest was enjoying himself. 
Of course. Uh, what about in terms of like battle scenes? What's what was your favorite scene in, in terms of actual kaiju combat up in oh, that side? Probably probably uh, Dor getting his head lo- getting one of his getting one of his heads lopped off. Yeah, that I was agree. great. Yeah. Hmm. That's freaking awesome. I like that part where it looked like Godzilla was going to swallow it, but then he just like vaporized the head with uh, the atomic breath or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mm-hmm. guess maybe not completely. Uh, so we got a couple I, scenes of that in the movie, actually. I have a couple of favorite uh, scenes. My, uh, my uh, first favorite scene, uh, scene would have to be uh, where Mothra is first waking up from uh, the, the cocoon that, uh, that he was evidently uh, in, and the first thing that happens to him is these uh, these motherfuckers just shoot at him, and he, he, he and mm. I kept thinking to myself like, wh- well, what would I do if so- uh, someone shot at me? <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and when I when I just woke up, it, it would be like, uh, like yeah. you, you mothers. You know? I haven't even had my coffee yet. You need to exactly right. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty so, sure Webb and, and fools the... to the wall is exactly the reaction. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, and then uh, for some reason, I was rooting for Mothra right there. I was like, kill those, uh, uh, kill those sons of bitches. You, know? mm-hmm. you should all so, be rooting um, for Mothra, Dave. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, that scene. Where Doctor Sarazawa sacrifices himself, I love the kind of cool, like ancient Atlantean, like civilization, you know, mm-hmm. God- Godzilla worshiping type uh, dealio, and it was just fun to see. I-, I loved the whole thing, and it was so emotional, and it had so much uh, callback to the original. I, I just thought this is just great, man. Right. Yeah, um, I would I would second that for sure, man. I mean, it's like, and then yeah. the goodbye old friend is such the perfect yeah. line right there, because especially if you're like a lifelong Godzilla fan, it's mm-hmm. easy to put yourself in I that mean, position in the movie and, and kind of almost choke up like a bitch in front of your kid. Yeah. Who, who, in, who in the heck can actually get a chance to touch Godzilla, for that matter? And not, right. and not be crushed by the dude. It's just, and he right? saw him. There was recognition in his in his eyes a little bit right. there of, like, what was going on. I thought that was a cool touch to it. Like, how Godzilla groggily opens his eyes and sees him and, you know. It's noticing humans for the first time in <laughs> dude, I'm taking a nap, man. Uh, what do you what want? <laughs> my second here to just blow up your sweet ass house. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> See you my later, ancient civilization. Right. My second favorite is uh, when uh, when you initially, of, of course, when you initially uh, uh, meet uh, King Ghidorah um uh, uh, when he first awakens fr- uh, from his slumber and you see him in all his majesty uh, majesty and and, mm-hmm. and he has such power uh, uh, flowing for, uh, for, uh, from him I mean it's not <laughs> it was uh, it was more than I could have expected for uh, for King Ghidorah and I was prou- uh, proud to have uh, to at least seen they did him them this. capture him and do him justice right well, I want to go ahead and toss mine out. I, I second or third at this point. The uh, scene with Sarazawa is probably my favorite. Um, t- and uh, I will say as well, as far as the battle scenes, the 
face-off between Godzilla and Ghidorah that we mentioned earlier, where it's just like this epic shot of like one on one side, one on the other. It's like, you, you could almost hear the announcer, you know, we were talking about wrestling and whatever, you could almost hear the announcer, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! Exactly. Oh, yeah, actually, like... You son of a bitch! <laughs> yeah. And in the scorter, wearing exactly. however many tons, you know. Right. Uh, in my chicken coop, make me! <laughs> I think, yeah, uh... That was pretty epic. I think I liked the yeah. bit with Jie um, Zhang kind of making the connection to the the past lore with uh, Mothra. Yeah. You know, I think that was an unexpected moment, and I, I liked that a lot. She had some good role. She had a nice role in the movie of being sort of the historian, being the the one who's you know con yeah connecting folklore to the oh present. God. And I like well, and, that. And that's yeah. a well, that's a pretty key aspect of well, Gojira. Um, in addition to like the original film, as well as I'd say Godzilla as a whole, that. And again, you see this with Japanese culture all over the place, the idea of trying to make sure that the old uh, ways are preserved and that um, folklore is still valued despite technological advance advancements and um, trade with the outside world and that sort of thing. You see that all over the place um, in all kinds of Japanese films, and so it was nice to see that aspect of Godzilla being preserved here, too. Um, yeah. What about you, Dustin? What's your favorite, like, human moment? What's your favorite A combat very moment? human moment? Yeah, throw her out there. Why not? That's actually kind of difficult to... Well, I mean, the scene with Dr. Sarazawa is just so good. Like, it's hard not to... It's hard not to want to go with that. Um, right. But Fair. the stuff with the stuff of the family is mostly pretty compelling too. Mm -hmm. Like I think I'd agree. I think I like the scene where uh, Madison decides to steal the orca and take it to Fenway Park. Mm. Like oh, yeah. I like That's that. That is really great. It shows how, it shows how like yeah. determined and resourceful she can be. Well, and yeah. I liked that they saved that. Like they okay, it would have been very easy for them to make this an 11-centric fucking movie, you know, where it's like, let's just capitalize on the fact that this girl is this girl, and let's make the movie centered entirely around her. And I was pleasantly surprised, because that's kind of almost what I expected going in. And I was pleasantly surprised that she played, you know, sort of the role that a kid would play in other kaiju movies, where they're definitely there and prominent in the story, but it's maybe not entirely just centered around that kid. They've made some missteps in kaiju history where that's concerned. We're not going to talk about those. Point is, <laughs> you know... Like old camera movies. Oh, good lord. But, you know, they did a good job of, like, just having her be an element in the movie instead of the centerpiece of the movie because she was famous for some other shit, you know? And I thought that that was really cool, so... That's another favorite of mine, definitely. The the moment we get there where she actually is the centerpiece of the movie for a, a sizable chunk of it, you know. And again, a shout out to Vera Farmiga's villain monologue, because that was one of the great villain monologues in that for sure. she wasn't twirling her mustache. She was actually laying out a compelling position, which you don't always get in those kind of 
Well, if she <laughs> had a mustache, to, if she had a mustache to twirl, then that would be a different movie. Well, sure with sadly, editing, we can make it happen. So, well, then, yeah. then we could rewatch this whenever we finally do mustache matinee. I don't know. Yeah, the mustache cuts. <laughs> That's everybody just has mustaches. Uh, so, what was your favorite so, uh, so combat this is like the, um, the the what was it? The butt cut for cats was no, that the, the butthole cut? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Need that in my life. Uh, so, what was your what was your favorite yeah. kaiju combat moment there, Dustin? Well, again, it's kind of difficult because I just love all of it so much. Um, but I think I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go with two moments. So, the Ghidra shock pulse, uh, where he just spreads his yes. wings and fries everything. Like all the planes fall out of the sky. Mm. Um, I, I love but, how it continues to rain planes uh, for a bit afterwards too. Like yeah. it's, it's like oof, fuck. Like you don't you don't quite realize just how much damage he did with that one shot mm -hmm. until like a little bit later. Like planes are falling on Godzilla for like what like forty more seconds. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a while. You know, they they held on it. They didn't just let it be like an instantaneous. Oh, oh, cool! Planes fell. Uh, it was like they really all illustrated the humans pretty well. that were helping Godzilla died in that moment. And it was like ooh, just smoked. Mm. Uh, what and would then, be your uh, secondary one? And my secondary one would be like the big finale where Godzilla melts Ghidra with those nuclear pulses. Like I sometimes just watch that clip because it's like ooh. insane. You it's know, like you've never seen Godzilla do anything like that before. I mean, not like to that. Like, we've seen him go like nuclear. And it was rad back then, too. And I think that that totally just epically did it justice of bringing that up to modern standards, you know? Like, man, We've never it seen was so cool to watch. We've never seen him graphically kill a mo an enemy monster like that, too. Yeah, that was pretty rough. Well, I maybe mean, a little bit with Hedora. Maybe a bit a with Hedora, but not quite to that degree. Yeah, he didn't nuclear melt down his ass and then stomp on his sternum until he died. That was pretty great. Uh, yeah, I would perfectly echo those as favorite scenes for sure. And then followed by like that credit sequence where we get the Surge Tanaki and Godzilla song, which is just perfect. Like I listen Amazing. to that on the treadmill. It's good. Uh, normally, honestly, as like a huge Blue Oyster Cult fan, I more often than not sort of roll my eyes at Godzilla covers, but that's 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 one of the better ones for sure. Um, his voice, like his voice, is so good. Always, uh, and you know what we haven't mentioned here is the post-credit scene. You guys are all aware of that, right? Yeah. 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 The post-credit scene is kind of odd because I'm not sure where it's going. Um, the severed, the severed Ghidra head has been found by the fishermen, and it's clearly dead. Uh, so we don't have to worry about Ghidra coming back from it. I don't know. Not from what that about, head, but uh, What about, yeah, like Mecha Ghidra? Well, I think that's where that's going. Well, with Mecha Ghidra, so Mecha, Mecha King Ghidra was built with most of the body of Ghidra being intact. Like, the robot, part, the, the robot part the was the one missing head and a lot of parts on the chest. Um, 
I don't know what they're gonna do with it in reverse. You can't build a robot body for that. that yeah, what are the, it's gonna be ninety percent robot and just one little geeter ahead? That'd be stupid. But I think <laughs> I think maybe you know, in my mind, thinking about it, they'll spawn like a clone of them, and then if they're you know really trying to do this sort of Godzilla Generation Justice, they will eventually do Mecha Ghidorah with whatever happens to that clone that they make of him, potentially. Or they could spawn the Dorats from the friggin' Ghidorah DNA, and then those could get oh, combined. Maybe. That'd be a bit silly. Unless, well, but, you know, with the spin that they're putting on it with this stuff, it could actually be more serious than the one you know that I'm referring to. Uh, so there's what? possibilities. Ghidorah is still going to be in place somehow in the future, and that's good to know. What I want to see is, I want to see mites, like space mites, that live on Ghidorah. I want to see them mutate into Destroyer from exposure to the Oxygen Destroyer. Yes. Like, I want well, that, little Destroyers a... to come out of that head in the, at the end of, well, preferably at the beginning of Godzilla vs. Kong, and then they have to team up to beat Destroyer. That's what I want to see. Oh, man, that and, is so hey. sick. <laughs> and and somebody will spawn them like Power Rangers. <laughs> well, right. I guess that's a fun thing to well, throw out at the, or well, at the end here that, too. If being said, uh, yeah, I need to get going. His is is really late. I was gonna say that being yep. said, let's go yeah yeah let's and, do uh, uh, outro uh, because so. it's like yeah. uh, after one and our uh, our side. Uh, yep. the, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, so, I'm I'm kind of fading too. Like this movie is so yeah, good. No like, let's. I'll this movie is so show. good. It's so easy to just sit back and talk about it for like mm -hmm. ever. So see it. See Godzilla King of the Monsters 2019. <laughs> do it. Yes. What are you waiting for? Fucking do it. Uh, don't don't be like Brandon and put it off. Lead us off, actually. I approve this message. <laughs> Lead us off. Okay. Well, uh, I'm uh, Dustin. I'm a horror collector and student living here in Milwaukee. What? <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel where I show my stuff off. Uh, the Crypt of Horrors. Subscribe to the Crypt of Horrors on YouTube. Follow the Crypt of Horrors on Instagram. And uh, yeah, who's next? I'm uh, Dane Kyle, aka Dane Damarong on YouTube. I'm on. Hmm? Hello. <laughs> Hello. Okay. Say I, don't it. Know what, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what happened either, but um, yeah, Dane Damrung on YouTube, uh, on a uh, YouTube channel called um, Indie Horror Film Creative, where I do a show called Blue Reviews, um, and uh, you can find me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I'm also a filmmaker, um, you know, executive producer of um, Axe Two Grind and. Um, associate producer of Air of the Witch and a whole bunch of other stuff and uh, yeah so just connect with me and um, I'm going to say goodnight to everyone because I'm dead tired alright night Dave night. Night. Well, night. I, I keep trying to let Forrest go because he's been on here so is he still on? I thought he was um, he left yeah he's gone he, he's, he's gone, gone. It, just, it, it says five of seven on the call so yeah. actually Dave uh, can you tell Forrest, uh, that he can. Well, um, Forrest is, is a YouTube 
him. A YouTube reviewer uh, under for, uh, under his uh, his name, I think. Uh, Boris Bennett or something like that? Yeah. And uh, I think he's uh, got it under... I'm not not too sure about his uh, written st- uh, stuff just, uh, just yet, but uh, he is a producer behind the new Camp Murder, uh, which... Uh, uh, believe it or not, I have a screener up. So, uh, uh, so uh, 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 sometime, hopefully this week, I'll be able to uh, to watch it, get a review out, and what uh, whatnot. But uh, myself, but anyways, uh, uh, Forrest has uh, joined us on three uh, episodes. So thank you, Forrest, for coming on along on that journey for us. So yeah, man, um, hope to have you on in the right. future. Yeah. All right, and if it's all right, I want to go ahead and get going. I'm. Uh, I'm Kodabuki Jake. I am the co-star, uh, co-host, what have you, of Symptomson vs. the World. And uh, Brandon can definitely fill you in on all that fun stuff. I have my own nature-themed YouTube channel, Kodabuki Jake. Hub page is also Kodabuki Jake. You'll never, I don't get a lot of updates on either one, but they're there for your enjoyment. And once again, it was fun. Good night, everyone. Night. <laughs> Sleeps well. Sleep, sleep well, sweet prince. Go ahead, <laughs> <I know you. laughs> uh, go ahead, Mo. Oh, I'm Mosley. Uh, I ain't done shit lately. I don't produce anything, but I do occasionally watch movies and review them on my YouTube channel, Drunken Master Studios, where I post, you know, f- somewhat frequently, usually never to the schedule that you I announce. Awesome, so man. just ex- <laughs> What's you up? Need to check out Kaiju Porn. That is just a freaking awesome name uh, for uh, for that. Uh, I, I'm sad we missed out on that for Kaiju Combat. So you, you need to check out his channel for the Kaiju Quarantine. Yeah, d- doing some fun stuff with that. Definitely more coming on there. I've actually been working on some stuff to try to launch in sort of conjunction with our final week of the Kaiju Combat year. So expect a hefty playlist of Godzilla and Gamma reviews coming on that in the future. And you know what, man? Uh, I'm going to just throw this out there to you guys on air. This, mm-hmm. this should maybe be a yearly tradition, this kaiju combat or quarantine, if you want to use that in the future. You can just go yeah. ahead spiritual brother type thing there. Well, uh, I think we should definitely put Godzilla 2000 on the agenda before the uh, year ends. <laughs> What's that, Brandon? Uh, I am Septim Septim Sin versus the world. Uh, of course, uh, we talk about physical media. We've been kind of stalled uh, because the weather has decided to totally destroy my studio and uh, many thousands of dollars. And uh, hours later, we will be restoring that uh, to almost condition to prevent mold from destroying the collection. That, of course, we're going to be on kind of pseudo hiatus. Um, so uh, I just want to let y'all know that uh, we will be back in action. Where's all that sound coming from? Uh, Is there, like something going on? I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I'll try. That's uh, not me. Uh, so, with that being said, uh, 
uh, we I also worked with uh, Inside Movies Galore, and that the, and even though I'm stalled in other areas, doesn't mean that I'm not going to try and work with us on our free for all fall that is coming up, and we have some amazing stuff. So check out our and check them out on our amazing contributors at Ama and Amazing Collections Incorporated, Movie Collectors, Moe's Tavern, or Talk Movies with us. Those are the Facebook pages we're affiliated with because they vote. Of course, if you have a Facebook page that you like saying, hey, we would love to vote on Inside Movies Galore, give me that uh, heads up or give Dave that heads up and we will add you to our voter count. Uh, but uh, those are where mainly the voters are, unless you're a member of our crew, which, of course, uh, you will be able to uh, vote uh, multiple times. So with that being said, I think we've got some cool stuff. It looks like the Goonies is actually like way ahead right now, but I'm sure there are others that are going to be really awesome as well. So next week, we will be uh, revealing that. But Kaiju Combat is not over yet. As if, um, with uh, the original game, uh, she Godzilla. Stay with us on this. Definitely. And um, my name is David Stregge. Uh, I am one of the founding fathers of Inside Movies Galore, uh, where we have, uh, have been uh, talking about uh, kaiju films and kaiju combat. So uh, definitely look out for the films that we'll be discussing ne next week that Brandon has told us about. And uh, but I also moonlight under a different name uh, uh, with uh, Delusions of Grandeur, where earlier we just went on about uh, about uh, Cloverfield, which should be premiering on the channel shortly. So uh, so definitely check out that discussion. Uh, I also uh, uh, did a couple of reviews recent uh, uh, recently. Got some of the, uh, those out. Some of the anime series that uh, that I pl uh, planned on going on my own about so check out some of those and uh uh look out uh ladies and gentlemen we are on the prowl so uh, so um next uh, week we'll be stomping back into uh kju territory so stay tuned <laughs> like share and subscribe and say good night everyone take your buddy good night Where is everybody on? The dead, Dave. Who is? Everybody, Dave. What, Captain Hollister? Everybody's dead, Dave. What, Todd Hunter? Everybody's dead, Dave. What, Selby? They're all dead. Everybody's dead, Dave. Peterson isn't, is he? Everybody is dead, Dave. Not Chen. Good, Bennett. Yes, Chen, everybody. Everybody's dead, Dave. Rimmer! He's dead, Dave. Everybody is dead. Everybody is dead, Dave. Wait. Are you trying to tell me everybody's dead? <laughs>